Welcome to podcast number 99 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. Quality Christian Living is a podcast dedicated to help people live a better, stronger, more abundant Christian walk with God. The Bible tells us that God wants us to prosper in all things and be in good health. It also tells us that we are to be people of influence. In Romans 8.31, it tells us that if God is for us, who can be against us? And then later in the same chapter, in verse number 37, it says, In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. You see, that's the image that God has of us. That's how God thinks of his people, his followers. So we need to live up to that standard, and we can only do that when we yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit, when we seek the word of God for wisdom and direction, when we pray and believe that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond anything we can imagine or even think. When we think that way, when we read his word, then we will understand what it is to live a quality Christian life. That's what this entire podcast is designed to do, is to help Christians move up and step up to a higher quality life in their relationship with Jesus. So that's what we're doing, and we do that through teaching various topics in our podcast. We've done a series on faith, a series on prosperity, a series on prayer. We're in the middle of a series now on generosity, and we'll be talking more in the future about things that help Christians live a quality Christian life. So with that, I'm going to continue our series in the topic of generosity, and today's podcast is entitled, Receive Generously. So with that, I believe God wants to bless us, so let me just pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help us as we get into this teaching today. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity we have to come to you, God, through your word and seek, God, what you have designed for us. I pray that you would anoint this teaching today and that you would anoint the ears of those who are listening in today to receive something special. I believe you have something in store for us today, Father, as we open up your word, read from what you talk about in the area of generosity. Thank you for it in advance. I'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. I believe that this teaching today will bring you into a new level of understanding about God's generosity. You see, because the Lord wants to bless us, and he wants us to think about his goodness and his desire for his people to prosper in all things and be in good health, even as their soul prospers. I use that statement a lot because I believe it a lot, and I want people to catch it and make it part of their spirit, want them to receive that blessing from the Lord. So with that, we're going to get into something I think that'll open up your heart today to receive the generosity of the Lord. So get ready to receive something special from our Lord today. You know, sometimes when I speak on generosity, I have used the following statements that I believe will be beneficial in our attitude towards generous giving, to have a blessing of generous receiving. The comments I'm going to make here come from my book entitled Generosity, What's in It for Me? I wrote that book a year or so ago, and I believe that it's something that helps us understand that God wants us to receive, and he wants us to understand what generosity is all about. I'm using some notes here that I've written for as an outline, so let me just use those to ask you some questions and make some statements I think that'll bless you. Listen to these comments, and I believe they'll be helpful. God gives to me not to just increase my standard of living, but to raise my standards for giving. You see, the Lord wants to bless us so that we can be a blessing. I've said that before, and I think you'll hear me repeat that over and over again in different ways. Help us to understand the importance of giving. 
God wants to bless us so that we can increase our standard of living. He wants us to have nicer things. He wants us to have a nice home and a nice automobile and wants us to provide for our families and provide for our own needs and to be able to bless the church through our tithes and our gifts and our offerings. But he wants to raise our standards for giving so that we are blessed so that we can give. And he has a desire to increase in us. And I think it's important to point out that sometimes I believe the Lord withholds a financial blessing to us because we're not prepared spiritually to know how to handle that financial blessing. We've all read about people who become wealthy overnight, and the next thing you know, their life's a mess. Their divorce happens in their home, or they become involved with alcohol or involved with other people, and they get themselves in a very difficult situation because some people are not prepared spiritually for financial blessings. I've taught a series in my Prosperity podcast that talks about spiritual prosperity is necessary to have before we have financial prosperity. And I say that because I want us to understand that if we're not prepared spiritually to receive the blessings of the Lord, we probably will misuse them, we'll probably abuse them, and not understand why God is blessing us financially. Let me make another statement that I use from time to time when I talk on the subject of generosity. We may not give due to fear because fear is a greater emotion than giving. What I'm talking about there is that some people hold back in giving of their finances to the work of the Lord. They don't tithe. They don't believe they should give 10% of their income. When they receive a financial blessing, they hold it all back and keep it for themselves just so they can increase their, quote, standard of living. I believe the number one reason that people don't give financially to the work of the Lord or to other people or to charities or other organizations is that they have a fear that they're going to somehow lose the money that they have. And when they give it away, it'll not be blessed. But the Word of God tells us when we give, it'll come back to us pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And I've found that true in my own life. It seems like the more I give of my time, the more time that I have. It's interesting, but that's kind of how it works in my own life. I believe that when I give my finances, I've always seen my finances bless greater the Lord. When I share my talent or experience with other people, it seems like I have more time and more ability to minister to more people and still have plenty of time for myself. Just remember this, whenever we give, it will come back to us as a blessing. I believe that and I know that God wants us to receive that so that he can then pour out more of his generosity to us so we will show our generosity with others. Here's another comment. Those who live to give receive more than those who live to get. I believe if a person wants to hold everything they have inside and keep it to themselves. They rob themselves of growth. They rob themselves of receiving generosity from God. When we hang on to what we have and we won't let it go or share it with someone else, then God many times must look down and say, well, I can't trust that person to give them because I know they'll keep it for themselves. So I'm going to find someone who I can bless that they can be a blessing. So remember that statement, those who live to give receive more than those who live to get. We've got to get away from that keep it all and don't share attitude in order to understand how to receive the true blessings and the true prosperity from God. Now, I realize that some people may feel that they don't have anything that they can give. And that's how I felt as a young man for many years before I became a believer, before I became a follower of Jesus Christ. I grew up in a home that was not very financially well off. We were kind of probably just barely above the poverty level. My mom and dad had little possessions and very little money. 
And because of that, I developed an attitude of what I make is mine to keep. I became a saver and was very stingy with my money. You know, it wasn't until I was a believer that I understood that I needed to share what I had with others. Jesus Christ taught me through his teaching and his word that it was necessary for me to give to others so that he could bless me. And then almost instantly I discovered the more I gave, the more I got back. The Holy Spirit has taught me to be sensitive to his directions in how I am to use what I have for myself and for others. And my prayer is that everyone who desires to give will start giving from what they have and trust God to provide for what they need. That applies to our time, wisdom, life experiences, and also our finances. In my book entitled Generosity, What's In It For Me, I have a section at the end of some of the chapters that asks questions about what have you received from this particular teaching. So let me ask you some of those questions. I'm just going to use that right out of my book. I believe it'll be a blessing to you and it'll help you apply this to your own life and see how you can receive more of God's generosity in your life. Here's one of those questions, one of those comments. The Lord provides for those who desire to give. So, when we understand that, if you have desire to give, then God's going to provide it to you. You see, we need to sometimes just make a list of the places where we desire to help people. Then we need to pray for the Holy Spirit to direct our desires on who deserves help and how we'll be able to give. The answer to that is found in a very, very short book of the Bible. It's an epistle to Philemon. It was written by the Apostle Paul, and it's found in verse 6. It says here, Paul wrote, And I am praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. So we're supposed to then put into action generosity because of our faith, because we believe and trust God that when we're generous, God will then supply the provision that we need to be generous for an act of generosity to happen, there must be a blessing that comes into our life. So we can sit down and make a list of all those areas that we would like to give or bless or be able to help in one way or another. Some of those things might be to find a way to bless our spouse or our children or a charity that we know or the church that we attend or maybe assist someone who's elderly in our community that needs just some kind of help, maybe a ride to a store somewhere. That's an act of generosity. Or we could sometimes just go down to a hospital and volunteer to, to help some way to help others who are hurting and physically facing great challenges. We could go to a Veterans Administration and ask the volunteer there so that we can be of assistance. Or just go to your local church and usher at the church or possibly just help in some way to maintain the church. I mean, there are literally thousands and thousands of ways that we can allow our faith to step in and to generously give of the time that we have. See, it's not just all about finances. It's about an act of generosity it can be so much more than just a financial gift to a church or to an individual. So let's just put into action by making a list of those places where we desire to give of our time and our efforts or maybe our finances. And then by faith, step out and believe and claim that promise. Once again, I'm going to read it again. We find in the book of Philemon, and I am praying, Paul said, that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. Now let me expand a little bit more on a statement I've said often, and that is that giving is more than money. So why don't we now just take and write down and make a list of all the non-financial gifts that others may need today. 
How about the gift of your time to someone else? How about the gift of mentoring a younger man or a younger woman or someone that needs just someone to talk to? Non-financial gifts that others need might be just simply sharing the experiences that you've had in life with someone else. That's when I talk about mentoring. There's a lot of men in business who have great abilities and great talents that they could just share with someone else. And you can do that through volunteering at your church to maybe help and assist young businessmen or people who are in need of some guidance or directions in the decisions that you need to make. So giving is more than money. So make a list of those things that you could do that doesn't require financial assistance, but still will be an act of generosity. And you just wait and see if God won't pour out a generous gift in your life. There's sometimes people get confused about understanding what generosity is all about. If you talk to some people and say, I'm going to kind of encourage you and talk to you about generosity, they think immediately you're going to ask them for money. But that is certainly not the type of generosity that I'm referring here today. Yes, financial generosity can be and is a part of that type of activity. However, it is not the most major part. And if we say, well, we don't have anything to give or we can't offer anything to someone else or we have no ability or talent, then maybe we just need to go to the Word of God and read this scripture to see if He can provide for us what we need to be able to give. In Matthew 6.33, in the New Living Translation, it says this, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. You see, if we lack anything, if there's anything in our life that we lack, God is able to give it to us. He's not limited in any way, shape, or form. And whatever that we need to be able to share with others or to meet the needs in our own life, God will be there to help us and supply that need for us. This would be a good time to look to the Word of God for some more instructions on generosity. I'm going to turn to the book of Deuteronomy in chapter 15 and verse number 10. Let me read that to you. This is out of the New Living Translation. Give generously to the poor, not grudgingly, for the Lord your God will bless you in everything you do. Here's another example of God's generosity. What he's saying is, if we're generous to others, then he will pour out a generous gift to us. He doesn't promise us what that gift will be. It won't necessarily, when we give money, that we'll get money back. That verse in Deuteronomy basically is telling us that when we give generously to the poor, not grudgingly, not, you know, someone forcing it out of us, but when we give it willingly, then it just says God will bless you in everything you do. You see, that's how God is. He is not limited. He will turn around and give us a blessing in every area of life when we are generous with what we have. Let me give you another scripture that will help understand God's generosity. It's found in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 7. It says here in the New Living Translation, however, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. It goes on to say that is why the scripture says when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. See, there's a constant flow of God giving blessings and gifts to his people. Down in verse 11, it says this, Now these are the gifts of Christ that he gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and the teachers. And of course, the greatest gift, the greatest gift that God has given us is the gift of eternal life. He's given us through the gift of his son when he sacrificed his son on the cross that we could have eternal life. And if you've never experienced that and not experienced the gift of God's salvation, you could do that right now. You could just simply say, Father, I'm sorry for the sins I've committed. I repent of my sins. I ask you to forgive me and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and he gave his life for me and you gave me that gift, that precious gift. 
And so now I receive you this day. I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. You see, when we pray that prayer, when we believe that prayer, we then receive the greatest gift that we could have, and that is the gift of eternal life. Some people don't think that God is a gift giver, but that's all he is, is a gift giver. Constantly, he gives us precious things that we can enjoy, the air that we breathe, our heart that's beating in us, the water that we drink, the life that we live. And his word is a precious gift of giving us instructions and guidance for our life. So never think that God is not a gift giver. Throughout his word, he explains the examples of his giving of precious gifts to us. So with that, you now understand, or at least have a better understanding when you receive Jesus Christ, that God is a generous God. And he is generous in so many ways. And he gives generous generously to everyone. Now let me read from 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 17. You see, here's another teaching showing how God wants us to use what we have to bless others, but also he shows about his generous gift plan, how he has a plan to help us, and we need to fall into that plan and believe that plan. So Paul was talking to Timothy and this is such a powerful powerful instruction that Paul gave Timothy. Timothy was a young man running a church and needed some guidance and direction, so Paul was using his gifts, which was to mentor a young man and help him out in the area of his ministry. So he was teaching about the true things that God wants Timothy to know about. He was warning Timothy about the false things that are out there, the false teachings that are out there. And he was trying to get him to understand how people who have finances can fall into temptations. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 9, Paul gives this advice. He says, but people who long to be rich fall into temptations and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. Then it says, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the truth and pierced themselves with many sorrows. Paul was talking about people who have a misunderstanding of money and generosity and finances. So with that, Paul continues to write to Timothy and give him some more instructions on teaching. So, but listen to this. This is a particular teaching that's good for us when it comes to understand how God wants to give generously to us. I'm reading in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 17. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us, hear that? Their trust should be in God, who gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Then verse 18, tell them, now he's telling Timothy here to tell those folks that are rich and struggling with their finances, tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. In verse 19, by doing this, Oh, this is key. This is where we talk about God's blessings for us. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. He's talking about eternity. He's talking about the ultimate gift from God, which is eternal life with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So now, this teaching is designed to help us understand how to receive God's generosity. So this teaching in 
Timothy is so powerful to understand that God wants to bless us. He's telling us he wants us to build a foundation of generosity, to build a foundation of giving from what we have, not just our finances, but everything that we have. He wants us to understand that. So when we do that, then he has a foundation that he can pour his blessings into. You see, I think of God's blessing and I think of a foundation coming together in the world of, say, construction. Now, I have a background in construction and real estate development and I was a custom home builder for years and I was a banker and I financed custom home builders and I financed office buildings that had great foundations. A great foundation, they would dig a deep hole and attach that to a rock, the the, the bedrock they call it, and then they would connect to that and then pour the concrete and put the steel inside of it. They call it rebar and it's big pieces of steel and they pour the concrete around it and that's all sets up and it builds a great foundation and that foundation reminds me me of the foundation that we need to have when we anchor our faith and our trust and our finances and our talents and our ability and our time and we attach that to the foundation of Jesus Christ. He's the rock that we build on. He's the source of our blessing. And when we build that good foundation, that foundation comes from prayer. It comes from reading the Word of God. It comes from having a relationship with other Christians. It comes with being a person who attends a good local church and receives good teaching from the Word of God. We're building that foundation and from that God can build on that so that we're ready now to receive the abundant blessing that he wants to give us. God wants to pour out his blessings upon us. He wants to re- us to receive a generous blessing from him in all that we do. So remember, God is not building us up so that he can take everything away from us. He's building us up so that we can then be a blessing to others, that we can be people that he can trust, pour more of his blessings into. So with that, let's listen to the teachings of Timothy and understand there's danger in money. There's danger in misusing it. There's danger in allowing it to become the focus of our life. You know, I've known a lot of people, and I was a banker for many years. I knew a lot of very wealthy people, some of which had great wealth. Some were just wrapped up in their money. That's all they were interested in. That's all they talked about. We would have lunch together, and all they would talk about is how rich they were and how much more money they're going to make on this project and that project. And you could see that their God was their money. They just basically put everything they had into worshiping their money. Now, they didn't bow down and worship it, but they focused their entire life on money and the importance of money. And that's all that really mattered to them in life. And with that, those people usually had a terrible home life. They had weak marriages or terrible marriages. Their children didn't turn out very well. They didn't have any kind of relationship with the Lord. And many of them turned out to be, as they got older, very lonely and very sad people with a lot of money but very, very sad people. Then there were people who made a lot of money, but they understood the value in making money is to be a blessing, that they could take what they have and bless the work of the Lord, bless the kingdom of God, and bless others. They would take that and use it for the good of other people and understand that that's how God was able to bless them even more. I knew a man once that was so wealthy that he basically, I mean, he made hundreds of millions of dollars, and he was able to take 90% of everything that he made and pour it back into other people and helping others and lived on 10% of what he made. 
And this was a guy who started with nothing, but he wound up being so wealthy that he was able to give away 90% of everything that he had. And that same man was not just giving of his money, but he gave of his time. He gave of his resources as far as his ability and his wisdom and his training. And he could teach young people how to prosper in business. So he had a life of generosity. And I know other people who didn't have a lot of money, but they were very generous with their time. I know of people who barely made a living, barely got by in their finances, but they made sure that they were reaching out to other people and they shared their time with others and they ministered to other people and helped other people to feel that God loved them and taught them, these other folks, how important it was to get the Word of God in their life and how important it was to attend church with fellow believers and also to share their faith with others. So generosity, is it a little bit of money? Yes, it is. Is it a little bit of our time and our effort and our experiences and our talents? Yes, it is. It's really everything that we have that we can be generous with. God's word tells us that he's generous that he wants to bless us, and he wants to pour out a blessing we can't contain. So with that, I hope that you receive something in this teaching today. I hope it's been of value to you, and I hope it's something that'll encourage you to be a generous person. Then line yourself up so that you can receive the true, generous blessings from God our Father. He's just waiting to bless us. He's just waiting for us to be faithful in what we have. So with that, I'm going to pray for you and believe that God's going to pour out a blessing for you in your life. Father, thank you for this teaching today. Thank you for the opportunity to get your word out, Father, to read it, to listen to it, Father, and to see how it teaches us. I pray now, Lord, that you would bless this teaching to those who've listened in. They would understand that you are a God, a generous God, who wants to pour out a blessing to each and one of his followers. And I pray, Lord, that we would understand, Lord, that there are requirements that we have to be generous with what we have, Father, with the resources that we have, whether they be financial, whether they be mentoring, whether it be talents, whether just being faithful and sharing our time with others, Lord, that we're to use it for the glory of God. I thank you for it now and I give you all the praise now in Jesus' name. Amen. After you've listened to this podcast, I hope that you understand that the Lord wants to bless you in every area of your life. So I want to close with this scripture. Once again, I've read it earlier, but I want to read it again so we draw this back together and understand how to receive God's generosity. It's found in Matthew 6.33. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. That's what it says, above all else. And live righteously. There's our keys right there. Seek God first above everything else and to live righteously. And he will give you. See that? He will give you. He'll be generous to you. It says everything you need, he will provide. He's saying. So with that, let's remember, put God first. Trust him first. Be sure that we understand that he wants to bless us and then get ready to receive it because I'm telling you, a blessing is going to come from heaven that you can't even imagine or even think how great it will be in your life. And you know, I believe that with all my heart because I've seen it in my own life in so many different ways that God has been so faithful and God continues to pour out his generosity to me. And I pray that'll be for you in your life also. I hope that you are getting into this teaching on generosity. Some people, they hear the word generosity and they kind of turn it off because they think, well, they're just going to ask me to give money. That is just a tiny portion of what generosity is all about. But if we truly want to receive the generosity of God, we've got to understand the teaching in its fullness. And I hope you'll stay with me and as we continue to teach on the subject of generosity. Now, next session, next podcast is entitled Marriage and Generosity. Now, you might want to contact people that you know and let them know that we're going to talk about marriage and talking about 
what generosity in marriage is and how to have a wonderful, generous attitude toward each each other in married life. So you might call someone and let them know about tuning into our next podcast. It's interesting. The next one is going to be podcast number 100. I'm just amazed that in a matter of only like six or seven months that we've been able to complete now moving into our 100th podcast. I guess I should celebrate somehow. And so, but I, I'm looking forward to this one. I think it's kind of fun that the 100th one has to do with marriage and generosity because that's very appropriate because I know those who are married need to be generous. And if they're generous, they're going to receive back generous gifts of all types. And I believe that. And I thank the Lord for that in advance. So if you're interested in this teaching, would like to get more from my teachings on finances, on prosperity, on faith, and all the various topics that we've talked about in our podcast called Quality Christian Living, you could go to my webpage, which is David cfriendauthor.com. And when you get to that webpage, you'll see a list of books that I've written. There's books on for veterans to help them with their trials that they're facing. There's books that'll help them get out of debt. It's also books that'll help us understand God's blessings and his generosity and his generous spirit. So with that, if you're interested, then take a look at that on my webpage. In addition to that, if you're interested in these podcasts that I have, you can subscribe to my podcasts on CPN Show com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. So with that, there's a lot of good stuff coming up in the future. Let me just give you a few teasers about what God has in store for us. As the Lord wills, I'm going to be teaching on the local church and the significance of the local church and how generous it is to our community through the blessings of the Lord. And I'm going to talk about how generosity produces growth in our life, how people can learn how to respect generosity for what it is and how it benefits us. I want to talk about generosity can be generational. I'm going to talk about contingent generosity. We're going to talk about money and the motives that people have in their finances and their money. We're going to also discuss the important significance of tithing. Yeah, I'm going to have to talk on tithing. I was a pastor for 20 years, and during that period of time, I believed in asking the church to tithe, and that is to give to 10% of their income. And I'm going to show you how giving of our tithes is being generous, and then we'll receive back generously. Also going to get into understanding whether we should give in certain areas or where we should not give in certain areas. There's a lot of requests made for all of us to give to various charities and organizations. And we need to understand where to give and where not to give. We're going to talk about that. And I'll wrap it up in in the weeks to come and talk about a legacy of generosity and being thankful for God's generosity. So there's a lot of great topics coming up. I hope that you'll stay with us and tune in because I know that God will richly bless you as you hear his word, as you draw close to him, he's going to draw close to you and bless you generously. Now allow me to speak a generous word over you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. So until next time, I pray that God will richly bless you. I'm looking forward to next session 